0: Hello, you mindful mamas, and welcome back to another episode of the Enlightenhood Podcast, where I share real motherhood stories and empower the soul of the mother through mindfulness and spirituality. I'm your host, Lena Lemos. Again, this week, I just have to say how lit up my heart is for all the brave women who are coming on this podcast and being brave and being vulnerable and sharing their story. And again, This week's episode, I am chatting with writer Shelly Armenta and Shelly, I am so very proud of you and you should be proud of yourself for showing up. And being real and vulnerable and relatable, and thank you for sharing your story. In this episode, Shelly shares how she went through a lot of trauma as a child and was really good at keeping it below the surface until she became a mother and it all came bubbling to the surface. Um, She also shares her journey with mindfulness and how she's used it to really fuel her path to healing and help manage her mental health. And another thing I love so much about Shelly is when she sent me her bio for her article she wrote on Enlightenedo.com about her mindful motherhood journey, I was reading her bio and I read it out loud to my husband and I said, this is me. Everything that she wrote in here, I think we're the same person. And one of the things you wrote is how much she loves Leslie Nope. And I actually didn't mention it in this episode, but Leslie Nope would totally be part of the Enlightened Hood community. She is such a hype girl for other women. She shows up every day enthusiastically, positively, positively, positively. She shows up very positive and happy and exuberant. And she would just... So be the one to stand up for what's right for motherhood. So one thing you don't know about me too is that I could totally have a podcast on TV. I was a TV major in college. I'm such a TV nerd and we go on a little bit of a TV tangent. So it's not necessarily mindfulness, but gotta kind of throw in some variety every now and then. But again, Shelly, I am so proud of you for sharing your story and another very important point that she makes is that healing and mindfulness are not linear and they look different for everyone. And I think one stigma that Enlightenment is trying to break down is that mindfulness is not a one size fits all. Shelly admits that yoga and meditation, they just aren't for her. And as we continue to lead through mindfulness, we must recognize that everyone has a different technique, practice, ritual that works for them. And we have to be very understanding of that. So here's Shelly. Yeah.
1: That is a familiar story. <laughs>
0: so speaking your truth is just such an uncomfortable
1: thing. It really, it really can be, but it's so important. I think it's really healing for the person that's speaking it. And I really think... um, that it's surprising who it impacts we sometimes um kind of miss people in in a crowd because they look okay they think we think they're doing great but um maybe there's something in our story that resonates with them in a way that they haven't let themselves feel yet yeah. so stuff like that is really powerful
0: I agree with that. And I think so much, especially in the influencer age, I think sometimes we get scared that we're not worthy of something or that our story isn't yeah. as good as someone else's. But like you said, it could really resonate and light something up in someone else that we really had no idea.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's it's, it's a really freeing experience and it has a lot of rewards. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's freeing and terrifying, but there, oh, yeah. <laughs> there is a rainbow on the other side, kind of, I guess.
1: There definitely is. There definitely is, because it gets easier and easier to tell. And then the easier it is to tell, the the more grace you're giving yourself by that point. And it's really, I don't know, it's just, like I said, I'm repetitive with it, but it's really just such a healing, beautiful process, because it's you... Working with you to, you know, learn better ways. And it's, mm-hmm. I don't know, I think that I think it's just really powerful. Yeah.
0: And it's just a huge part of mindfulness and being present and showing up is recognizing that there are shadows and being okay with oh, yeah. not necessarily having to be all light at all times, but recognizing that it's okay and just learning how to sometimes walk through the darkness.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely I like that. It's definitely about learning to walk through the darkness and not, you know, set up camp. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so where I think
0: one of the things I love the most about your story and how it's so relatable to a lot of women who listen to this <clears throat> podcast and who have had on this podcast is that it really started when you became a mother.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It really did. So I grew up in a very um abusive and toxic household and when I say that I mean it, it went always. Um my parents would fight viciously. They would fight with my brothers viciously. Um I would be the brunt of a lot of things and I was also sexually abused. That was outside of the home. Um, until I was a little older and I won't go into details but there, there was just a, too much sexual abuse um, for one child no one should ever have to experience that let alone um, the severity of it and as I grew older um, I learned kind of how to defend myself more not so much against that I that ended because they got um, locked up for different reasons So it wasn't like I got powerful all of a sudden at a young age, and I just, you know, snapped into my journey, and um, called the shots. It was, thank God, something intervened. And I just happened to be experiencing the rewards of it. So flash forward to me being a teenager, I meet my husband in freshman year, and we become best friends. And we stay best friends until sophomore year. And then we end up dating by complete accident which is a really funny story and he uh he instantly just became such an anchor for me and he really helped me see that there was too much chaos and there's too much toxicity where I was and that I didn't have to be a part of it I didn't have to submit myself to it um so for the first time I started getting brave um nothing too monumental but brave enough to move out and kind of leave them behind um and like you said the journey with mental health really started when I became a mother because with all of the things that happened to me throughout my life up until that point I my coping mechanism that I was trained for was to bury it you bury it and you take it to the grave and that's what you do um and so I did that well I was trained well I will say that for them and it was it was really a struggle for me a lot and it it was a struggle for me and my husband because i had so many walls up and i had so many fears and um i just was just it was bad i would just like kind of project the future and just see all the worst case scenarios and it wasn't a great feeling and it took a lot to work through that um and it was really really rough working through that as a young mother with young babies and. um Everything got worse for me before it got better. Unfortunately, I, I I really it breaks my heart the years that I struggled without any help because my children were there and they had to they had to deal with sometimes mommy didn't want to get up and play certain things or you know we're eating the same thing all the time or they're gonna spend a lot of time with auntie because mommy just needs a break and that breaks my heart. But I also know now that it was almost necessary for me to go through that so that we could get to where we are now, because now as a 29 year old, I can say that I've completely taken control of my mental health. And I, I know, I know everything that works for me. I know what doesn't work for me. I know my boundaries. Now I know how to set boundaries. Um, I have self-respect. All of these things are wonderful and great, but it took, such pain to get there I ended up um taking a medical leave that lasted a year and I was hospitalized for most of that um due to due to depression due to anxiety due to really strong symptoms of PTSD um and it kind of correlated because I had just started therapy so we just started digging that out and unpacking that for the first time since ever I I had lightly touched with my husband over the years, you know, certain things that had happened, but never into much detail and he never would push. Um but at that point, I don't know, it just kind of changed.
0: Was there a a breaking point or an aha moment where you realized I'm unpacking this, this is literally manifesting into physical pain and I'm letting it go and I can move on.
1: Yes, yeah, and it's um kind of sad and funny, but it happened when I was in the hospital, and um I just for the first time, I had an action plan. I had a great team of doctors and a therapist, and I had the support of everyone I loved and the support of my job, and it was great. and um it finally felt for once like there was hope. And I just remember that day. I actually was smiling for the first time in a long time. I started to be able to write again and things just kind of slowly, but surely have been getting better and better since then.
0: And how long ago was that?
1: Oh man, that was recently. Actually, that was in January of this year. Oh, wow. So
0: you're, you're on the walking into the sunshine on the other side.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I very much am. I, I, I had sought treatment um, as far as therapy the year before. And um, I really just didn't dig deep. I didn't commit to it. I kind of bounced from therapists and just found reasons not to like anymore <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, when, I was, um, when I was at the hospital, they kind of assign you certain people. And I had a therapist come through. And as soon as he came in the room, I just felt calm. And I felt peaceful and I looked at him and I felt like I can trust him. I can trust him. And I just felt safe. And it sounds so weird, but that was just the strong vibe he gave off. Mm. And with my history with men, it makes no sense to me that, that I was instantly comfortable because I always request female doctors. I do my best to swear with men um, <laughs> when they're in a power position like that. Um, because of my fear because of my PTSD because it really puts me back and scares me and I didn't get that ever I've never gotten that with him and he's been such a lifesaver and my husband loves and appreciates him because he's gotten me through a lot and has um, given me so many great coping skills and he's such a great support for me and he's so biased or so unbiased that um He's just a great sounding board, and he has really great advice. I would very much suggest that everyone seek out a therapist if they can do it. Look into your medical, see if that's covered. If not, look around for low cost resources. There definitely are some um, in every area, and it's just it's it's not just for a certain group of people. Therapy I think should be mandatory for all of us. We're all humans. We all experience a range of catastrophes through the week and you know highs and lows and we all need some some safe place to land mm-hmm. and sometimes that can only come through therapy and i don't know i just really suggest it i really highly highly suggest it When you were talking about him,
0: it it made me smile because it it made me think of how much it is a testament to just how we have these people in our life who were meant to be there and just thinking about almost the divine plan that this therapist, you needed him to grow and for him to help you learn. And I have goosebumps thinking about it, about just how amazing and what a gift that you cross, cross paths just at the right time.
1: Oh, yeah. It's definitely, a good. it's been one of the biggest blessings because he, um, if I start going off track or thinking, you know, negatively or any of my old patterns, he's so, Gently but firmly there for me, and Mm. he lets me send him memes, which I think is just a fun (laughs) side (laughs) fact. So any therapy memes he gets, and then he just sends a rolling eye emoji. So I appreciate that very (laughs) much.
0: (laughs) Was he the one who helped you implement mindfulness tools?
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he gave me um a lot of resources and the the one that really stuck with me and worked with me because um it really well I'll take a step back. I have a very <laughs> as you can tell since I've been speaking, I have a very um A D D kind of vibe <laughs> about me. I get a little bit um sidetracked and kinda of, like swirl out. So as a side note, um that makes it really hard to do things like meditation and mm. silent yoga and it's I've tried it and it's really a struggle and I really respect people who can do it because oh man I wish I could but I found um and it's a sort of meditation but it's called tapping and it's mm. it's really great and I wish I could, it's really more of a visual, visualization thing but um you go from different pressure points from your head to your neck and you are repeating to yourself and it's it's totally up to you or you can do a guided one but you are talking to yourself and you're acknowledging how you're feeling so if you're feeling overwhelmed you're saying i'm feeling very overwhelmed right now and all while you're doing that and saying that you're tapping on different pressure points So you kind of go through that until your self-talk becomes, I I am very overwhelmed, but I'm going to overcome it. I am very overwhelmed, but I'm going to overcome it. So for my brain, it really, it already is taking up a lot of um, space and showing me two different things to do. So I'm really focused when I do it, actually, which is surprising. (laughs) So that's a really, if anyone else has that struggle with, you know, trying to quiet your mind during, um, mindfulness activities that are popular it's a good idea to try a little bit more interactive touch and tapping is definitely something to check out do you have the tapping solution app oh my god girl no i don't <gasps> you have to get I it i just got the deep tropo one and i thought i was like ahead of the game but i will download that one asap <laughs> yes.
0: i've i've been using them too because again like you, it's really hard mm-hmm. to find some quiet time to quiet my mind when I have a yeah. fifteen week old. So I do a lot of the tapping yeah. too, just the little on the back of my hand. Yeah. And the collarbone, yeah. temples. It's Does amazing things. Very centering,
1: I think. Yeah, I completely
0: agree with that. So I I love how you said that. Yoga and the typical quote unquote meditation didn't really work for you. And I think it's really important to acknowledge that because I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions about mindfulness and having an, a self awareness is that you have to do X, Y, and Z. And if you don't, then you're not mindful. But really, it's, yeah. what, As I mean, as you've found that it's really doing what works for you because we're all unique and what, works for me might not work for you but that doesn't make me any more mindful than it makes you
1: exactly yeah exactly that's that's something that I think is really important to point out is that healing and mindfulness and all of this they're not linear so it, it's exactly what works for me might not work for you and that's that's great it, it just means that we've probably all gone through different kinds of coping mechanisms trying them out and you know whatever fits we keep and it, it doesn't always look the same and that's okay as long as it works for us
0: Mm-hmm. i completely agree so let's talk about writing has that been yeah. a big part of your healing journey because you and I were talking before the podcast about how both of our throat chakras are arch nemesis. And I've, yeah. I've always had a hard time speaking my truth verbally, but I could write it in an instant. Are you the same way?
1: Exactly. I'm exactly the same way. I have filled up countless notebooks in my lifetime, just, and I, I can fill everything there. I can... I can do it through poetry, I can do it through just blabbing and not using any grammar, which is pretty much all of my notebooks, I just fill it all out. Um, And most of the time, I don't even really go back to it, it just like, gets it out of me. And maybe that's what made it easy for me to kind of just push everything aside. Because maybe I did get it out a little bit. But um, yeah, I think I think writing is just a great coping mechanism as well. Because like tapping, you're, you're acknowledging that, you know, there's something going on and you're kind of trying to work it out and see, you know, what the positive is of it and, you know, what your next step is. hmm
0: One of the things I love the most when we first connected and you were sharing your story on enlightened.com and I asked you for your title so I can use it. And you said, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be brave and say writer. And that just made me so happy. (laughs) And I was like, girl,
1: you are a writer. Oh, thank you. (laughs) I have always been very, um, I don't know. I just, it just has always intimidated me to say that because I have friends who have, you know, things that I think, you could call um like real writer <laughs> awards you know what I mean like yeah. they have a book or they have you know a super impactful website with all uh, you know a good amount of followers who are really engaged and it's just a really great community and so sometimes I feel like really it's it's silly in at my age but sometimes or maybe it's just all of us at all ages but I really can feel less than um, mm-hmm. and do a lot of the comparison trap things. So that has stunted my writing my whole life, including up until now. And it's, it's just really, um, it's a really, it's kind of a rough process working through it, honestly, because you, you kind of have to uncap the feelings again, get it all out again and try and start over. I completely get that. So I'm
0: going to tell you, if I can be a podcast host, then you can definitely be a writer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love that because you're an amazing podcast host. I take that as a very high compliment. Oh,
0: I thank you. I was reflecting tonight <laughs> how I just had, and it's similar to you where you just feel less than and you think of all these yeah. amazing podcasts that we look up to and you're like, oh, I can never do that. I can, but mm-hmm. says who that's, that's my yeah. motto for the year, for the year
1: i love that i love that that's so short and so like i just i keep saying powerful make me stop um yeah i
0: keep saying amazing that's That's my that's my word this year is amazing (laughs)
1: let's just have a word right like it's just i i need to catch myself more i'm like stop using like key buzzwords you're annoying (laughs) i know i do the same exact thing oh we're all silly it's okay (laughs)
0: <laughs> so tell me what this, I mean, we've discussed this before and you even said it yourself that healing is not linear. It's not like uh-huh. it's an up, always an upward trajectory and it takes exactly. work and conscious effort to be mindful and to focus on healing. So since January, what has the last seven months
1: looked like? it has been a lot of ups and downs. It's, you know, coming out of, um, you know, being in the hospital for a little while, I left feeling so on top of the world because I had the treatment plan. I had, you know, great resources and all these people and it was it was wonderful and I was excited to finally um, have the help I, I needed my whole life because don't even realize sometimes until it's too late. So um since then since coming off the high of that and kind of being pumped to you know just go full force with everything um there's definitely been some highs and lows um sometimes circumstantial which you really can't avoid but sometimes I've been finding myself um even kind of recently where it's just like I feel that dark cloud coming back over and there's just no rhyme or reason to it and thank God I'm able, to, I have been able so far to kind of shake it off. And I I, re, I tell my husband right away. So he kind of is, he's active and he's ready and he's on the watch. And, you know, I get myself outside or I, I do tapping or I write or something to kind of, you know, shake it off. But I do notice that that still happens. And again, it's just like, like we keep saying, healing is not linear. It's, it's going to kind of have its ebbs and flows. And it's not going to look the same for all of us, but I really feel like we have to go through the lows so that we can be more uh, stable. So our highs can just be our highs and we're happy and it's great and we're celebrating and our lows don't tank us. They're just lows that we can shake off at the end of the day. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I think that's important. And it's definitely something that we always forget to that. Have you ever read, oh, which one is it? Rise, Sister Rise by Rebecca Campbell. I think it's in that one. Oh no, I haven't. So she talks about how we all need our seasons and that for the longest time, she always tried to escape winter. And uh-huh. then she realized that she needed that time. She needed the cold and the darkness and the time of respite to really heal and reflect and look back and kind of work through the deep shit that's going on. And that if we we don't face the winter, then we're always just avoiding it. And I guess a good example of that too would be plants do the same thing. They kind of need that time to be dormant and to hibernate in order to grow bigger and taller and more beautiful the next season.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, and by the way, that totally gave me um, Game of Thrones vibes <laughs> when we were talking about. <laughs> the like, winter yep. is coming. So, yeah, it, it kind of in my mind looks like that when it's starting to, starting to <laughs> snow. Come about, so I was like, "Oh, that's pretty accurate."
0: I still have just sadness.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, heard that for a while. <laughs> yes.
0: My husband and I are really into the Jonas Brothers right now. And, <laughs> oddly I am I am yeah. too <laughs> so I like always in the back of my mind thought that I might marry Joe Jonas I don't know but <laughs> I respect that yeah I respect that <laughs> <laughs> but seeing them more and their wives more really made me like the darkness it really made me have to face the fact that I was really upset with the way that Game of Thrones ended.
1: <laughs> right yeah
0: so many feelings <laughs> so many i kind of just tried not to pay attention and just you know set it on the back but i'm like i'm just gonna feel this out and i'm not really sure uh-huh, how i uh-huh. feel about this yet and i'm just gonna let it come to me and then recently yeah. i here's we sitting on the couch watching something i was like you know what
1: i've come to the conclusion that i'm just really upset about it <laughs> i love that i can picture you just sitting there thinking and being like, you know what <laughs> Do this. <laughs> 3 months later <laughs> right oh my I'm Still goodness. upset. i know we're again we're going to be upset for a while i think
0: i know and that always happens to me i had a period where i had tonsillitis for i had th- tonsillitis 3 times in a row in oh my like god two, 2 months
1: so you i spent thing.
0: a lot of time in bed and a lot of time binge watching tv and it happened three times in a row where I chose a show. I was so into it. And then it had a cliffhanger ending and then it got canceled. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Three times. It's right there. Listening. Like, what is happening? Was Pushing Daisies one of those? Yes. <laughs> and then Heroes was yes. another one. And then was it Veronica yeah. Mars might've been the third one, but I don't remember if that ended on a cliffhanger or if it just got canceled and I wanted more.
1: Yeah. I feel you. <sighs> but that Pushing Daisies though forever breaks my heart.
0: <laughs> TV just breaks my heart in general. And I love so much how right. when you sent me your bio and that you said that you're a huge Leslie Note fan because- I too am a huge Leslie Nope fan. <laughs> oh, so good.
1: So good. She's, I wish I could be that excited and passionate about everything I do every day. <laughs> right? She she really inspires me and she and I share the same love of waffles. So I think that's, you know, a really cool thing.
0: Yeah. I think... For I mean, I don't know about you, but for me and being a writer, I just appreciate when show- certain shows are written a certain way because just the way I don't even know though I'm just such a romantic about words that yeah, that's one of the biggest reasons I love t v is just being so appreciative of the words that someone else wrote and then someone else acting out those words mm-hmm. that sounds so lame,
1: but, but I mean I know it. it yeah. No, it's not lame. Or if it's lame, we're both lame. Cause I love that too. <laughs> I think it's really, I mean,
0: I get so lost and worked up in TV and I've actually had to take in a step back recently because I could be binge watching so many shows right now. And I was like, it's summer. I should be outside.
1: <laughs> there you go. Look at that. I'm yeah. proud of you. That's a good. That was a good choice.
0: I know, and we still haven't started Stranger Things yet because. Oh no! Life, I know, and so I've been trying to stay off the internet <laughs> for sports. Yeah, good
1: luck. Oh my! Goodness. I can't even tell you. I like. There's nothing I can relate to you about the season because, like, I don't even. list us there. I just. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Okay,
0: so let's talk about. What mindfulness looks like for you right now. Because, like we said before, I think it's really important to consider that it looks so different for everyone. And, like we were saying before, that your story, although we may not think that our story is worthy, may have such a powerful effect on someone else.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I kind of cling to that sometimes because, like you said, it it really can be scary and vulnerable to. Mm-hmm. speak your truth and to share it with others and to stand by it because you know not everyone is gonna agree or like it and it's just intimidating it's just intimidating so
0: that's one of the biggest things I've had to get over this year is just and my husband and I always talk about this because he's a musician and we always say I'd much rather talk to a room full of people that I don't know than a room full of people that I do know because just yeah. the people who you do know they know you in every version of you. Mhm. And I'm just realizing that as I, as I'm saying this now but that's a scary thing because who I was in high school I am not that person anymore. So you might think you know me but that's that's like four versions ago.
1: Right? And thank God for that, right? I've, I know. all the time I'm like, dude, yes. I I love getting older and people think I'm really weird I'm really excited to be 30 and I think it's I think it's really because every year I become a little less I don't know I usually say a little less of an a-hole but I don't know if I can say that here (laughs) you can say whatever you want (laughs) well yeah I every year I become a little bit less of an a-hole and I really really like that so I I like looking back and seeing growth so um I don't know. I'm I'm glad that you have that same view because it's if you I don't know it can be so depressing to get caught up in um, thinking that I don't know it's clinging to something just because you you can't really face what you're really going through and kind of move through it. So that always bums me out when I see that because I used to do that. Yeah.
0: It's so growth is hard, but I'm exactly like you where I'm so excited to be old. (laughs) Right? I love it. Yeah. I love that. I'm ready to be 30. Let's do it. I've got like 11 months to go though, because I just turned 29, but we'll deal with it. Oh, okay. We'll get there. (laughs) We'll get there, girl. (laughs) (laughs) By the time this airs, it will be a few less months there you (laughs) go we're in the future already progress (laughs) do you in your motherhood motherhooding I don't even know the word for this skills time do you teach you have one son
1: I do I have a son that who is nine about to turn 10 and I have a daughter who is seven
0: okay so you have two kids? That's what I thought, mm-hmm. and I thought they were both boys. But I'm glad I did not say that. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> so do you teach them mindfulness skills. Do they do? Do they practice it with
1: you at all? They actually do. They really um, love, and it kind of started as a joke. I thought they were messing with me when they would come in while I was doing my tapping or guided meditation. Um, but then after a couple of days of them just being silly about it, I would open my eyes when I was done with one and my kids are sitting there with their eyes closed doing the same thing and I was like, oh my God, that's so precious. And they love it. They ask to do it sometimes too. If I if I'm skipping out, they'll call me out on it and be like, We we have to go do that. Let's go do that.
0: That's wonderful. That creates such a community as well and an accountability partner.
1: It definitely does. And kids are very persistent. So it's like having 18 accountability partners all at once texting you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: I love that and they're at that age too where they kind of are starting to get it or at least comprehend and can see the cause and effect almost
1: yeah yeah definitely and as they get older I just kids are complicated even though we think that you know it's so easy to be a kid and they don't have anything that they should be stressed about I mean, there, there's a lot going on in a kid's life and at school, so I totally get that they are stressed out. And when my kids have short fuses and they act out, I I kind of can call exactly why because I'll recall it. Okay, how long did they sleep last night? Did they eat breakfast well? Um, you know, did they have practice today? What's going on? Kind of assess it, and then yeah, we'll take a we'll take a time out. Usually, we'll just me and. Um, Noah or Aria depending on who's you know who needs me at the moment we'll go sit down and we'll talk and we'll go through it and if we need to cry we cry and then we come up with a plan and we kind of move on from there but I think that's what's great about mindfulness is learning about that has made it so easy for me to recognize you know that my kids can benefit from it too. So instead of me, you know, wanting to snap at them for, you know, attitude and this and that, it's like, okay, let's take a step back and let's <laughs> let's just take a rest. Let's uh come back at this again and not have the sassiness And it ten out of ten times has worked for us so far. So um like, yeah, it can be tricky though as they get older and my son has become a little bit more evasive, but he's still um He still is very, he's still very like close to me and he'll still do the meditations with me. Um, It's just takes a lot more to open him up. And he reminds me a lot of myself as a child. So I think we have a special bond that way because I just, I feel like we are the same person in a lot of ways. So I'm kind of, and I think that's good because it makes me on, you know, hyper- alert that he could at some point genetically be this I'm sorry be genetically you know engineered to have mm-hmm. a certain thing like depression or anxiety and at least now I know I can see the signs of it and I can tell what our treatment plan can be or where we need to go and so I think it's helpful in that way as well, because it's just kind of preparing me if the worst happens, if they have to go through this too, which I pray to God they don't have to. Yeah,
0: I think that's such a beautiful thing, especially if they, like, wow, well, I can't talk anymore. Especially, yeah, I couldn't either. <laughs> especially if you look at it, if you believe that your children choose you and you know and yeah. they know prior to choosing you kind of what they're in for mm-hmm. I think that's such a beautiful thing because it almost gives you this empowerment like I learned these tools and now I can pass them on and
1: yeah it's definitely and I, that's a that's um part of the healing process too I think is being able to be self-aware and see all of these things and see all of these ways that you can get better and you can have help um and then reaching out to others who need it and, and walking through you know that winter with them that's such a healing thing for you and it's such a great opportunity and blessing for them so um yeah i love that i think that's totally spot on
0: hmm just all so complicated but also so simple
1: (laughs) yeah yeah you know it's fun huh yeah oh
0: yeah (laughs) 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 well Shelly thank you so much for joining me on this podcast and sharing your story I think you were really brave to do that
1: Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for having me. This was um, the highlight of my day easily.
0: Oh, oh, yay. I'm so excited. And as you know, I like to end this podcast on words of wisdom for anyone out there who's struggling today and needs some wise words to help them keep going. So what are your words to end on?
1: Okay, so I would say the most important thing in my words of wisdom would be to reach out reach out to your family, your friends, you can even call a hotline. Um, There are great lines that you can text now, but just reach out so you can know and be reassured that the way you're feeling is not how you're going to feel forever. And that's just so important. So always, always reach out.
0: Thank you for listening to the Enlightened Hood Podcast, a movement that empowers mindful motherhood and celebrates every journey. If you would like to be part of our community of amazing and soulful women, find us on Instagram at Enlightened Hood. For real motherhood stories and inspirational articles, you can check us out online at EnlightenedHood.com. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, review, and share this podcast. Until next time, you mindful mamas.